The views, opinions, and actions expressed by the guests on this podcast of that are their own, and in no way whatsoever do they reflect the official policy or position of Not Your Average Tradesman and EK Mobile Welding and Fabrication. Today we talk with Carlos, a commercial diver out of Florida. We talk about his past experiences working in water treatment, from near-miss accidents, finding dirty money, all the way to finding body parts in our water. I'm your host, Cody. It's my co-host, Ethan. Today we have Carlos on. He's been in water treatment for 18 years out of Arizona. So uh, how you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Uh, how about yeah, you guys? Man. We're just sitting here drinking some bush lights. You know, just the usual. Nectar of the gods. Nectar of the gods, man. <laughs> how's that florida weather yeah florida out here we're uh 90 degrees out here man and but about like 70 percent humidity so that just makes it for worse <laughs> you get any any trouble over spring break no just these guys out here these young kids man they want to like not let them back into the state but you know, it looks like everything uh who knows man i mean this, yeah, they're man. still out. The spring breakers are still out there on the beach, and they're still having a good old time partying. Yeah, yeah, for sure. How did how did you get into water treatment? I was uh, how did I say this? My all my family they're pretty much like engineers, right? And I told myself I'm not gonna do this because I didn't want to become an engineer because I didn't want to sit at a desk and do. Don't lie, I don't you're, know. Not, you're probably not smart enough to become an engineer. Well, you know. <laughs> Born the dumb in the family, man. I can relate it's to that. It's okay, one. man. I'm like the black sheep of the family, and I literally did not want to do all the book work. I wanted to do something like out in the field, get some sun in my face, you know? So what I wound up doing is I got – I was really always good in chemistry and in science. So I always wanted to do water because, you know, water is – potable water is clean. And, yeah. you know, when there's a water break, it just sprays you with clean water. Somehow or another, I wound up in wastewater, you know, <laughs> and who, who sits around around a little, you know, I don't know, campfire when you're a little pretty, kid. It sounds like you... a pretty shitty situation. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah that's a, a crappy job. Huh? A whole lot of good jokes, man. Let me tell you. <laughs> Carlos, how do you, how do you purify sewage water? Well, it's a big process and depends on what, what type of, like, you know, you got to think. Well, the real good thing about it is because of the EPA, right? You can't the 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 drinking water that you drink has to become it has to become from the best source. So never are you gonna have anybody are gonna like purify wastewater and then put it to people's taps. The only way that that could ever happen is if that was the only source that they had to you know. For, but you know it does happen sometimes where that's the best source. But a Sounds lot of like times, Flint, Michigan. <laughs> but Flint, Michigan ain't got none but iron. <laughs> shoot, man, you know, I, I guess El Paso, Texas, there, there is a water wastewater plant where they, uh, they take like rotten egg smell wastewater and and you walk out the back end of the plant, and it's it's drinking water. I mean, they literally could serve you a glass of it, but most people usually don't drink it because you can still smell the sewage outside. And they're, and they're handing you a glass of water, and you're being like, well, that's the water that was coming in from the other side. And most people are like, no, nah, 
I'm not gonna drink it. But it's That's disgusting. That's like third world countries type shit. And I mean, if it's if that's the best source, if you're in a desert like out there, I mean, there is well water, but you know, sometimes the well water, it's like, it's super hard. There's a lot of manganese, and manganese. You know what manganese does? You know what's milk of magnesia? You know it. It gives you the runs, man. It gives you a good case of the <laughs> a good case of diarrhea. So you uh, there's certain things you got to do to that water when you're pulling it out of the ground. So. The wastewater coming out of that actually was a lot better sourced because they did a ionization or they did a, it was ozonization process where that makes the water soft. I mean, it literally was bottled water coming out the back end of that plant. And, but nobody wanted to drink it because of the source itself. But yeah, I mean, it can get tricky. But, yeah, I don't think I'd want to be drinking that either. I just, <laughs> I would just stick to bush light. <laughs> I'd drink it. You know, Carlos, let let. Did you ever give it a little try? I actually did, but because, uh, but, I mean, after you know the process and everything, I mean, it's just water. I mean, they. So your breath smelled after? Or? No, it's actually it's better than than you know that. Diazine water you get at the Circle K or whatever, it's the same stuff. It didn't have what's, a bad taste. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, Dasani? Dasani, that's right. Whoa, 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 did you say Circle K? Well, okay, look, that's, I guess in the South, there's Circle Ks out there. I guess they're something else. They call them what? what We're only they? sponsored by uh, Quick Trip. Yeah, here, Quick so. Trip or nothing, no, yeah. you know that. So oh, you go okay. home or, you know. Okay, so, so Quick Trip, right? So yeah, there you go. There you go. The bo- the bottled water that you go into the quick trip and get, it doesn't matter which one. That's exactly how it tastes, you know. I mean, it actually was better water coming out the back end of the plant than the well water coming out that was shipped to people's taps in El Paso, Texas. What did you do around there? Um, I what I did, what I wound up doing is I wound up riding regulation for West El Paso. I mean, there's a whole lot of border businesses went up there. I mean, they had Stampede Meats. They had a CN Wire, International Wire. There was, God, I can go on with the list. I mean, the El- before water treatment, you're saying you did this? I, well, water, that was part of my job because a lot of those places use water as, a, as an industrial process. And they use it to, to either to rinse something off, to quench you know, like some hot parts that they have to quench. And you have to make sure that whatever that, that comes out of there, you know, like when you're, same thing, when you're washing your car, that's a, that's a category. That's oily waste. You can't just dump that stuff down the drain. That has to go through a certain treatment process. So water treatment, there's all kinds of aspects of it. I mean, you can get into... I mean, the, the industrial side, you can get into domestic municipal water, which is easy work. You're just pretty much driving around making sure wells are running and making sure they're lubricated. Like any other machine part, you're just pretty much jumping from one building to another, making sure that writing down on a clipboard that everything's running and you're putting flows and just taking measurements. That's it. Unless something breaks, of course. Real easy work. So let me ask you this one this one other question here. Out uh, of working in waste management, like pretty much wastewater management, 
What was one trade that walked through your door you couldn't absolutely stand? Probably the cheese plant of FNA Dairy. I mean, because cheese is rotting milk, right? I mean, the process itself of making cheese, okay? Cheese is just, it's, it's milk fat that's rotting that they put like a few bits of like, it's a coagulant that makes it turn into like this, how do you say it in English? It's like a dough. And then they put it in a thing, they age it, and like, and it's, it tastes good. But when you're sitting there in the room, you're smelling it while it's like it's cooking and it's, you know, curing or whatever the hell their process is, it smells like hell. It smells like people just took their shoes off and it smells like, like, you know, like your feet out after a hard day's work. That's what cheese smells like. Parmesan smelled awful. But it's great on pizza, you know, when it's in a bottle and you go buy it at the Walmart. But I could not. In water treatment, that was probably, it was almost as worse. The only thing worse than that was a uh, mortuary when they're burning bodies and they're using water to clean up the bodies. And now that, I don't even want to go into that one. That's that. Now that's, that was one of the scariest moments of my life. I walked into the University of Arizona, the cryogenics lab. And they're basically chopping up bodies. So that way the medical students there at the University of Arizona are using real parts to like, you know, to train as surgeons, which is really good. But the guy who has to chop up the bodies and rinse them and clean them, humans that are dead smell like hell. I mean, they, they just, they're unbelievably bad smelling as a human. Cheese is the second on my list of how bad that smells. Third is grease traps like from a restaurant where you got to pop them things open to see how healthy they are and see if they're cleaning them. Because any McDonald's, Kentucky Fried Chicken, I mean, anything that has a grease trap, when you pop that thing open, it has a pretty musky odor. And that, and like I said, industrial, you'll go home and your kids will tell you, Get get in the shower before you even get in the house. <laughs> so you so you you worked in uh, all different aspects of water treatment, yeah. not just not just sewage. You worked in all other ones too. Yeah. Just... Well, eighteen years took me a lot of places. You know, kind of. Like... Yeah. Did you did you have to go to school for this at all, or is it just like you applied and they you got a job and you just trained you as you go, low man on the totem pole, work your way up type of thing, or no, I have a degree from uh, over there in Las Cruces, New Mexico, which is just about 35, 40 miles west of El Paso. It's from New Mexico State University. I, I have an associate's degree in water technology, which was, it was a specialized, I w- let's call it a trade school kind of. They did issue you an associate's degree, but you were specialized, trained for pretty much for water, wastewater. They gave you a really good baseline of where to start. And then you had you had to pass your certifications, just like a, you know, like a nurse. I know, right? Yeah, like a practical. Yeah. You had to do like a practical. You almost. have to do. There's four levels. You can your level one, two, three, and four. Four being your highest level, but in order to get your level four, you have to have so many years working in the field, and then you got to be able to pass that really long test. And then, I I worked my way up on that one, yeah, but. You get out of school and they'll they'll let you do a level two test right away. And then 
from there, you got to put years in. You got to put your time in, and you got to get experience out in the field because a lot of the, the questions on the test, they're not book answers. You have to know, like, they'll give you a scenario and they say, "What do you do?" And you got to be able to explain your adjustments and what you do, and based on what answer or what. I mean, I, I, I guess I. So it sounds like they're just giving these degrees out to anybody since you got one. <laughs> I actually was into school at one time in my life, man. I was I was actually a bookworm, and it took me three years to do that, to do it. Three years, oh man! You must have not had a very pretty mouth. You could have got it done in one and a half. <laughs> Somebody wasn't too impressed. Well, you know, I mean, I. I didn't ever think that when I got into that career that I'd wind up like, you know, working what I do now, you know, it's like, you know, I, I honestly never thought I, if I would have started, I don't know where I would have gone. You know, I guess if I would have thought about it, like what you know now, and then you, what you knew back then, would you have like, would you have skipped that part of your life and, you know, went, working these jobs like i don't know you work at at quick trip right and and you get to get people yell at you or whatever you know and then you got to sell cigarettes and or you're selling beer and cigarettes and watch all the i don't i don't want to call them low lives but sometimes you get some pretty shady characters come in and you got to deal with them and finally you figure out that hey you know what maybe i should get something where i don't have to deal with this and something that will require a little bit of brains and give me a desk, you know, and and not. Well, I feel I feel like kind of the fact of having those kind of shit jobs, you know, growing up and shit. Uh-huh. I don't feel like you should ever like look back and be like, should I have changed that? Because in the in the long run, you sat there and you learned from those opportunities, made you want to go from pretty much nothing to something, and and make something in your life you know that's where we're all in that same boat from side that's why we all were in the trades that's why we all were in it you know exactly yeah and then that's what took me where i'm at now i mean i just i wanted to do something with my hands again i guess so i wound up as a carpenter again i being a what took me where i'm at now is i was exposed to like potable water and you know in in portable water tanks, they uh, they they run an electric charge to the casing of the tank itself, and it's uh, a cathode, right? Well, it's cathodic protection, and uh, anyways, that just prevents the oxidation of the tank itself. So it's usually a steel tank, and they quit using that. That's something that they're trying to discontinue because it's just it has a cost because there's power and electricity. So what they do now is they put a glass coating inside the tanks. And guess who's got to check the tanks inside there? There's the divers. They send a, a commercial diver down there. And it can be a pretty deep dive. It can be all the way to 170 feet uh, inside the tank. These huge tanks. And I saw the guys go down and them talk on the radio. And that's what exposed me to diving in the first place. And, and I thought to myself, if ever I was to change careers, I want to do that. And well, here I am, you know. <laughs> so are so uh, are you happy with your switch from uh going from water treatment to uh commercial diving or do you miss water treatment every once in a while? You know, I just I, there's positives and negatives to every choice we make. 
the negative that I don't like is that as a diver, a commercial diver, and where the district where we dive, there's an off season, you know, and in water treatment, there wasn't, you know, there's, you got constant work. It was very secure. And, you know, like, of course, you know, don't, I'm not going to disrespect on commercial diving. It's, it's interesting. My God, everyone who works with me, they want to be there. It's, it's very well paid. And you're, you're doing, seeing stuff that normal humans don't see. You get to go deep underwater and see all kinds of, it's a whole other world. And you get to, you get to get paid to be there, which is. But when you were in water treatment, didn't you get to see things that, you know, go on, go on job sites or see water things? I don't know things related to your job that like I wouldn't be able to go see or Ethan wouldn't be able to go Just see construction crews, man. I worked mainly the industrial and the domestic side, you know? So it was either a construction crew or we had the, the exciting parts with say there was a big 36 inch sewer line that collapsed. And so we had to get, you know, an excavator out there and we had to, so we're, you know, you're standing around a big construction site, and you meet a lot of people and yeah, you can get paid pretty well, but a lot of overtime and you, you get to see stuff and some pretty dangerous stuff too. I mean, you're, you're on your toes because when a water line that big or say it's a really big water break, say it's an 18 inch water line, man, that thing can carve out the size of a cavern underneath and you're standing up on top and you have no clue if, if it's going to collapse and you're going to fall in. You know, there's, there's all, I guess there's a lot of stuff that, that could happen. I saw a few accidents, you know, nobody lost their lives, yeah. but almost. Like what, what kind of accidents did you see? Can you go into that a little well, more? The worst one I saw, and it, he was a friend of mine that fell in. Um, there was a water line that broke and basically that water line was sitting right on top of a sewer line. So when a water line breaks, usually what happens is the water surfaces. You'll see water start coming out of the ground and it'll bubble and then you'll see the the, the you'll see the water coming shooting out somewhere in the ground. It surfaces. It doesn't go down, but it you know, it just saturates the ground. And what happened? It didn't it didn't surface because the water line was right on top of the sewer line and the sewer line was on the very top of the sewer line. It was corroded out. So instead of surfacing, that water started going down that sewer pipe. And there was definitely a break because we could see it on the meters. So then we drove out there. It was dark. It was like 3 in the morning. And we're driving around and we're like, where the heck is this water break? I don't see any water surfacing. So then we all parked and we're walking up. like It's like kind of like where the water runs is the electric lines right there. It's like the big utilities lines. So we're walking up there and all out of nowhere, the ground collapsed below us. And there was this guy named Kevin, what the heck was his name? Kevin Grawl or something. I forgot his last name, but he was from somewhere down south, like Alabama. He had weird accent like that, you know? Anyways, he fell in and we could see the big sewer line. You know, you could see the pipe, but... I mean, he fell in and it just, there was nothing. It was like, you could hear the crickets and we're like, what are we going to do, man? He just fell in. And that was an active, 
the line was still under pressure, so it was it swirls right as the th- as the water's jetting out of it. It's like it creates like a swirl, so it sucked him under. Well, you know, one of the guys just couldn't sit there and stand, so he jumps, he jumps on the sewer line, and he's crawling on the sewer line, and he's just reaching his hands in the water and just trying to reach for something. And we're like, no, in the water. He's just like, you know, pushing his hands to see if he can feel something. And it was dark. Well, out of nowhere, okay? And I remember this because I was there and I, I freaked out. Out of nowhere, a hand came out of the water and it was him. They grabbed his hand. One guy grabbed that guy's shirt. Another guy grabbed that guy's shirt. And so big old chain reaction. We pulled everybody out of there. And Kevin was, God, he must have been underwater for at least... 45 seconds. He was coughing and everything. Somehow he managed to hold his breath for that long just by sh- by falling in. And then he was he was the kind of guy that just, he didn't know how to shut his mouth, you know. He'd have all these jokes and everything. And it was, it was Kevin. Kevin had some, you know, guys up in Alabama that have a saying for everything. Man, you could never get Kevin to shut up. At that time when they pulled him out of there, Man, he was dead silent. He sat, was staring at the ground. And so they sent him home. And literally, when they sent him home, he came back the next day to work. And he just, he literally told us, guys, I saw my life flash before me, man. It's like, I literally, I don't know what to tell you, man. It's like, I I was dead. I, I thought I was dead, man. Somewhere, somewhere along the line, I reached up and I found somebody's hand. And I thought... Right there, man. I thought, you know what? I'm never going to question. I don't put religion on the table, man, but it wasn't his time, right? I mean, shit. That's all I can say. Because that guy, he went on to work for like five, six more years, and he never spoke about that again, ever. Did he ever talk about the accident? But he was alive, right? So it wasn't technically an accident. Because he, he survived it. And he didn't even, they sent him to the doctor, but he didn't, there was no like water in the lungs or they had to like to give him some sort of treatment after that. No, that was literally potable water. It was muddy, you know, because there's mud, it's sandy out there. But I mean, he didn't drink any of the water. He fell in and he held his breath and he got swirled and shot around. Who knows what happened? He was in complete darkness. And then he somehow wound up on the banks of that that water break. They fixed it, everything, and I think that something like that ever happened again. Oh, dude, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, that's insane. So, uh, so with that story being said, thankfully you survived. Uh, would you recommend someone that was trying to figure out what they wanted to do fresh out of high school? Would you recommend them? going to school for water treatment, pursuing that if they had an interest in it? Or what, what are your thoughts on I that? would because water is a big deal now, you know? I mean, where in the country is water a bit? Well, out there in the Southwest, it's a desert, right? So that water is a big deal out there. Texas and New Mexico were in court battles for over 10 years trying to fight who got water rights out there. Like out there in, in Michigan, for example, that's Lake Michigan, that's Lake Erie, the Superior. Those are the biggest fresh water supplies in the world. I mean, they're they're an ocean of fresh water. You can see those lakes from space. I mean, they got a surplus of water. 
out in the Southwest desert, they don't. El Paso, look at, like I told you, they have that one wastewater water facility where they're literally turning wastewater back into water and they're ground injecting it because they're pulling too much water out of the ground. I mean, it's water out there was a big deal. And, you know, some of the industry and some, yeah, you know, it's a trade and it's less cool. Yeah, I mean, they issued you a degree, so you had to do all core classes. You had to do English. You had to do communication, psych, and sociology Yet, in order to get issued the degree. But, I mean, you could also be very straight to the point and just do those classes that talked about microbiology and the activated sludge treatment and, you know, like and more streamline it. And then there might be a place out there that gives you a job because you've gotten those, those classes. But it is a trade. Yeah. It's not like you don't have to go to engineering school and do five years of it. and then it costs you how much? My God. It was a what kind of what kind of wages are you are you making in uh water treatment? What when let's go with uh when you first got hired to averaging like around you around the time you uh got out of it. I know it was uh, a few years ago, so the Rates might not be up to date, but what could someone expect uh, getting you know, into the trade? And there's the thing that I guess nobody really talks about. It depends on the state. Like, let's say in, in the two worst paid states in the United States are Mississippi and New Mexico. Okay. Those are the, the average salaries you're going to get in places like that for a specialty trade. You can still qualify for food stamps if you have a dang. If you have a family, it's ridiculous. But, you know, they've been updating wow. salaries these last past what, 10 years. And then water has become a big, like environmental issues have became a very big deal with the last couple presidencies, right? They, they literally are trying, striving to do electric, solar power, clean energy because of what's happening. Look, whether you believe it or not, I mean, I mean, wow. Resources like water, electricity, and then burning of coal. And, you know, I don't know. And look, it depends on where you stand on that one. But, yes, there's there's a pollution factor that they're trying to cut out. That's why Ford and Chevy, they're trying to make all our the cars hybrid cars now. You know, they're trying to make it where they're not burning so much gasoline. And, and it's all these resources, petroleum water, electricity, gas. It's a big deal now. I mean, environmental issues is something that every state and everything, are, they're making it a big... So, yeah, it's it's a pretty good field to go into. But, I mean, pay-wise, I would think it's another 10 more years before wages get up to par. Like in other things, like you're going to be an organic chemist. An organic chemist gets paid very well. So... Carlos, what did you what did you make starting off getting in the in trade two, first day, eighteen years ago, nine, 20 years ago, whenever that was? What what was in your starting wage then? And when I got out and I got a city the the city of Las Cruces, I I got a job at the Jacob Hands Wastewater Treatment Facility. I got paid ten dollars and sixty five cents an hour. <laughs> that was and then minimum wage at the time was five twenty five an hour. Like if you got a job in parks and recs, you got paid like six bucks an hour at that time. So right now, 
in today's wages what you got paid to two in 2001 compared to now in the state of Wisconsin, that'd be around like $15. Oh, I would say more Wisconsin. I would venture to say you probably right now starting, if you could at least have a, a level one, you get, say you're fresh out of school, you get a level two, you'll probably get paid 23, $24 an hour. I would say right now. So I have a question. I have a question after that. So the question is, what was the worst thing about your trade while you were in it? When you're a fresh guy going into stuff like that, I mean, there was stuff that you that needed to be done. Like like when they're using sludge pumps, okay? Sludge is like what's in those big digester tanks on the back end of the wastewater plant. And that's just basically, it's a big shit tank where it's creamy fucking shit. But they have to there's a certain type of treatment they have in order to turn it into class B sludge and they can ground inject it. They have to go through a 30 day treatment. It goes into a tank and then it has to digest, which there's certain bacteria that they allow to grow and they mix it for 30 days. They're naturally occurring, but it's like your stomach. Your stomach is a digester. Okay. There's bacteria that grows in it and that bacteria does you the favor of digesting your your meal. It's the same thing, but on a big basis. Anyways. Wow, it sounds like you know a lot about creamy white stuff. It's creamy. So when, okay, when you have to change these these lines, right? You, you, an operator has to turn it off and you as an operator. So the new guys, they would send them in there. Okay. We'll send them to the digester tanks and they're the ones that are going to shut off the pumps and they're going to have to take those cam locks off and take these cam lock um, lines pulled off. And there wasn't a pressure relief. Literally, when you took those cam locks up, it would blow up, man. And you would get a shit shower all over your face and everything. Isn't that how you get a raise? (laughs) Telling you, man. Now we know why you're so confused about talking about your wage, man. Uh, you, <laughs> like, man, I can't talk about the other things that happened to get. So and then, you know, like, <laughs> fuck, you, there was a, on the primary digesters, they would foam, right? And it's basically just creamy black shit that's fucking bubbling on the top of there. We'd have to do a vector truck and clean it up once a week. So you'd wear a Tyvek suit, put it on, you'd be knee deep in shit. And you'd be cleaning this stuff up. And the guys that were veterans to the, the cleanup process, they called it a vector party, right? No idea why they called it that. They would be sitting there cleaning up this creamy black shit. And you're knee deep in it. And they're like, hey, guys, what are we going to eat for lunch? And I remember saying to the guy, you're really going to be able to talk about food when we're knee deep in shit. Hey, guys, we interrupt this podcast for our first and only sponsor of this podcast. This podcast is sponsored by EK Mobile Welding and Fabrication. EK offers professional heavy equipment maintenance. They specialize in maintaining and fabricating parts for broken and out-of-service equipment. All of their welders and fabricators are 60 certified in the state of Wisconsin, as well as certified up to OSHA 30 standards. If you're in the state of Wisconsin, email them at mobileweldingek at gmail.com or follow them on Instagram at ek underscore mobile welding. Now let's get back to it. You know, but again, you become very mentally strong. You literally can 
smell shit and still get hungry and you know like no problem you you get very mentally strong but when you first start so the worst <laughs> thing so the worst thing from what you're saying is just all the shit yes, you have to literally, do with, literally taking shit. shit i mean there's times if a, if a line blows up or something you're literally going to take shit to the face you're going to so what 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 was your actual title like, what was your actual job title that you would put Wastewater down? Wastewater Treatment Plan Operator. Wastewater Treatment Plan Operator. Oh, Kitty. Wow. Yeah, they, like, they, it can be, but when you work for a bigger plant, you don't literally dirty your hands at all. As an operator, you observe and report. That's what you do. You don't even get your pants dirty. The guys who get dirty are the maintenance dudes. The guys who are the maintenance mechanics at a wastewater treatment facility they got to break the pumps down. They got to get the, the, uh, those, uh, bar screens, you know, in diving, they call them, what, are, what do they call them? They call them, uh, trash racks, right? You know, that's what they call them, but they're literally bar screens. They're just preventing the big pieces of branch rags, cans, making sure that they don't come into the process. It's just screening it all out. And there's mechanical ones that keep moving and they clean up that stuff. The guys that have to maintenance that, the wastewater mechanics, those guys got to stick their hands in the shit. You as an operator, if you work at a big facility, you don't. You just put it on your paper. It needs work. And you hand it off to the mechanics. And those guys got to lock out, tag out. And they got to sit there and work on that shit. And literally, you're cleaning shit off yourself. But... You went into the morning, you took a gym bag, you took a shower, you put your uniform on, and then you worked the day, and then when you got off work, they gave you a, an hour early. You'd get off, and then you go into the showers, hit the showers. you take a nice hot shower. They provided, like, I don't know, freaking bubble bath, smelly, good soap. They let you bring your boots. You could give them at the house because you didn't want to take those home and get your kids sick. So they, they took a lot of precautions. You didn't take the shit home. And you came home smelling like, you know, cologne, perfume. And a lot of the women's, like the guy's wives, they would literally get jealous. Like, why you smell so good? Where were you? You know, where the fuck? You're, you're screwing around on me. I heard that from so many of the operators. Of course you were. You're, you're getting that creamy white stuff all over <laughs> you're trying to get a raise. We already get a So you're literally... I don't know, man. It's like, it, it's a different job. It's a different environment, work environment. You literally do get used to fucking taking everyone's shit. It's, it's ironic. It's man. It's. <laughs> so what, so we went over the worst. What would you say is the best part about the job? Like in, in diving for me, the best part about diving, I would say would be seeing the things that other people would never get to see and getting paid to suntan on a raft all day. What would you say is the yeah, best part? Divers of are the <laughs> job on the face of the earth. Oh. Holy shit. I think I've seen so many Snapchats. <laughs> Cody over here. Land raft. I, I asked him a few times, where's your damn bathing suit, man? Like, hey, Carlos, remember, this is coming from a guy that sits in the shop. He's a fabricator. <laughs> oh, Eric, okay. I have Eric. my time on the road, man. I have my time, my plenty of time on the road where I, I spent fucking 17 hour shifts, fucking busting ass. I'm over that shit now, dude. I don't have to bust ass That's no good. more. And see there, there's the the best part, I guess, is that 
you get to well there's a there's an aspect of where you're sitting in a computer and you're you're and you're well now everything's automated you're literally can remotely run stuff from your phone i mean you're dealing with these high dollar software remotely connecting to stuff where you can just you can control it from your smartphone i mean it but when you look at it, at the end of the day like most of these office jobs and stuff i'm not i'm not hating on the office people at all because i know they they do their own say in the business and a lot of what we have today wouldn't be on our shelves and in our kitchens and our houses and on our freaking work trucks and shit it wasn't for these people but I, i'm saying like at the end of the day, you really can't look, sit back and look at what the fuck you did and be like, man, I did that today. Like, or like, get your hands dirty and then like, be like, man, like go, you go home physically tired. But even though you go home physically tired, at the end of the day, you feel like you're the man because you worked your ass off. Have you off seen that, that show? It was called The Dirtiest Jobs. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. You see uh, that woman who goes into those big sewer lines and, and they're, you know, you'll find some. If you want to find treasure, dude, you're going to find it in the sewer. I mean, I found, a, yeah, you found a, a lot of good an eight-point diamond ring. It was worth $8,000. I found that. I found... Oh, wait. What happened what? was it, it, it was somebody actually came and reclaimed it because it was... Somebody was like really, really bent out of shape from it. So we we did the right thing and we put an ad we said, if you can describe this, we found a, I guess it was a wedding ring, a very, very expensive one, right? I mean, God, I don't know. Maybe, look, maybe it's normal. What, yeah, this what was year was this, Carlos? 2012, somewhere around there. So 2012, it sounds like you had a Dude. heart. When did you lose that? I mean, what could I have done with that? I mean, it, it literally had somebody's name on it, dude. And I could have went to a pawn shop. And the pawn shop is only going to give you 15% of the real value. They're not going to give you seven grand. I mean, the guy the guy literally had a, an appraiser there and he's like, man, this stuff is worth. And then there was somebody's name on it and then we described it. And then when it's something like that of that much value, they literally call the cops and they say, let's see if somebody reported it lost or stolen. And so I said, yeah, yeah, do the right thing. You know, if not, you know, shit, I was just going to... Did you find any hot guns or weapons? I found bo- I found body wall? parts. I found a, a hand. I found a, a some a foot and it looked like from a kid. And then And what do you do when you find something like that? Do you call the No, sheriff's it's, office if or? it's just a hand or a foot? Nah. I mean what? No, really. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me! So what do you do with that? It's oh chewed God, up in the in the sewer chewer. You just let it go. I mean, you're not gonna touch it. Like, come on, you're really gonna grab it? It's somebody's like. And then there's been fetuses. I mean, I've found like at least like it looked like about a the third trimester fetus, and that was that was bad, dude. I thought, who in the hell? Or what was it? Some lady that was like half. Well, I was thinking, who in the hell when you said? Well, I mean, come on, I mean, I literally, ah. but come on, I grew up in the El Paso Juarez border. Okay, you really want to know? Maybe somebody was getting tortured and got their damn hand cut off, and they just dumped it down the sewer. And you really want to get into that? All that? No, man. He's like, whoever got their hand chopped off, or maybe it was an accident, 
or maybe it was a car accident or something and the guy's cleaning up the accident scene you know they don't always put everything in the body bag i mean shoot dude i've seen some pretty crazy shit i've often and i've That's seen a body true. come through the That's... sewer i have so at what if it's point a body if it's, if it's a straight up body it's that's coming through and the head works say it the head works of the plant and, and it gets caught on the trash rack or the bar screen and then it it catches up the bar screen and so you go check out what what caught up on the bar screen and it's somebody it's a damn carcass and it's a body it's a guy saying no oh, we got to call the cops cuz then they have to make a report somebody's a dead body came through here make sure and they do all their investigation it's usually it's pretty boring but Sometimes, man, it's it can get interesting because it's somebody that you know that that was on the news a few days ago or something, and you're missing report, or somebody that that I don't know took off or runaway kid or you know there's it can get interesting. But I'm not saying that I that I that that didn't happen to me. But once I remember one a body came in. I didn't catch it. It was the other guy. His name was Roman. He was the chief operator, and they sent him. All right, go out there and see what the hell the damn bar screen's caught up on. We can't restart it from the computer. So then they went out there, and sure enough, he found. And then, hey, there's some also real good stuff. Like, during Christmas time, you know, when people are getting drunk and everything and shit, man, one guy flushed his wallet down the toilet, and I found a wallet on the in the right in the headworks. There's like a... It's a, a conveyor belt, right? As bigger stuff comes in and it gets dumped out, I found a wallet full of money and it was about $300. I, I pocket, I didn't care how dirty, talking about dirty money, right? <laughs> no, we'll be sure not to mention your I name found a, a wallet full of 300 bucks. <laughs> and I didn't, you know what? Do you think I paid attention to the ID and the person? I thought, shoot, dude, he flushed it. He must have been drunk, flushed his wallet down the toilet, and then, dude, it was in shit water. I mean, I had to pull the bills out, dry them up with a hairdryer and stuff, and they stunk like shit. <laughs> what, okay, what went through your head when you were sitting there like, I'm going to take these bills out of this 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 wallet that's covered in shit. Well, it's money. Right <laughs> with a hairdryer just to save 300 bucks. I'm it, telling you right now, if 300 bucks floated by me in a drain full of shit dude i would like probably I said, let it float by like i said like, man I like i said money. just just so all our carlos hold on <laughs> just so all our listeners know uh that happened in mexico oh, well, uh 15 years ago so you, nothing can come back on, on you carlos but man this guy we're talking to is not named <laughs> hey, how many carlos okay. are out there believe me it's, it's, that's vinyl and but hey dude, look i mean you get like i told you you get very mentally strong you see shit and you get a splash in your face every other day or something. If there's a wallet coming in on the headworks and it's kind of brownish, smells a little bit like shit. Amen. Shit. There's a wallet. I've seen guys do crazier shit for a $10 (laughs) bill that was coming in. I've seen the, I've seen a guy put his hand right in there. I don't know if that's holy shit, but That ain't holy shit. Yeah, that definitely ain't holy. That's for sure. Anyways, Carlos, all these crazy stories you have for us and this crazy job. What 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 did you do uh, for hobbies outside of work? You get off work, you're smelling good. Your old lady thinks you're cheating on her because you smell like a fresh bubble <laughs> bath from a nursing home. 
What, what, what would you do when you got home? What, what, what was your hobbies, you know, to take your mind to off To take all your that mind shit? off the shit. Yeah, hey. Well, what did I do at that time? You know, when I, it was my first career, man. I was pretty young when I started. I did like you guys, young guys, man. I drank, man. We went, went out, barbecued. I mean, it was your job. That's a trade life. That's the trade you know, life right there. That's what that that's is. That's what we did. We, that's a we, trade uh, start. On Fridays, there would be like the the Friday night, you know, come on. We'd be out cruising, picking up. I was married, but that didn't stop me from going out to the college. And there was a party somewhere. I still, you know, I still was in my my late 20s. I shit. I mean, hell. That's it. Like. Late 20s going to a college party, huh? They probably no, definitely shit. thought you were on the cover <laughs> you gotta remember he's Mexican, dude. No After you meet me and you and you hang out with me, and believe me, I'm the farthest thing away from a cop. I don't even. You gotta look like a cop. In in cops, you know the the thing about. I remember when we were growing up on the border. You know how you could tell the cops because they were too stupid to change their shoes. They always wore their stupid police issue boots, even when they were undercover. They would still shine up their boots and they walk with their boots on. And it's like, come on, dude. You can tell the cops when I just look at their shoes. That was a trick. Oh, Basically, yeah. Basically, you easy. could smell a cop out. You could sniff a cop out. And then again, you could sniff out a water treatment <laughs> plant operator because he smells like shit. Or he smells Yeah, you know, like you come home and you got white. cologne on. You're like, hey, like, he must have just gotten laid, right? Because he had to take a shower to get all the, sh- the, the shit off of him, right? You know, it's like, come on. <laughs> that's awesome dude that's awesome dude well well uh we're we're probably gonna wrap it up here but dude uh we've been talking shit no pun intended there but we've been talking crap back and forth and at the end of the day we respect your trade and we respect the work we know everyone works hard and we're all just here to having a good time letting off some steam yeah yeah you know? for sure so dude i really appreciate you uh coming on to the podcast today and right, uh we hope you have a good rest of your day all right you guys too Thank you. Right.